we get Kraken. I know this is going to be a a recurring theme for this show. We get Kraken on the Kraken. Oh, it's very, very true uh, as to this team. We have it broken down with our guys. This is Teal Town Live. Good evening, everyone. It is July 21st, 2021. We have 32 rostered NHL squads for the first time ever. The Seattle Kraken have selected their players. We're going to break it down for you and see what they're doing. But first, we welcome all of you to Teal Town Live. This is a live, interactive, post-expansion draft show. We welcome Sharks fans, Kraken fans, and all hockey fans around the world. And if you want to be part of the show... Chat with us and fellow hockey fans on this YouTube page or your YouTube app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course our favorite Discord after the show. But of course, find everything at tealtownusa.com. Hi everyone, Puck Guy here alongside Kevin Lacey. Oh, I didn't know that was the intro to... Okay, hello, everybody. <laughs> nice to nice to be here. Um, hopefully with fewer audio problems and video problems than ESPN, who got off to a great start with their, their programming. Because, as you all know, I absolutely love ESPN. Um, but I do actually love Town USA. So happy to be here. Glad you all could be with us live or on your favorite podcatcher. Nevertheless... Thanks for watching and listening. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And, of course, joining me as well, along with Kevin, Mr. Ian Reed. That was anticlimactic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We can't even have Kevin say that we have a trade to announce. Like, I feel bad. Like, I, you know, with ESPN, like, obviously they had their rough first outing, I think would be putting it gently but man like i feel bad for them because like there was just nothing nothing happened tonight that we didn't know four hours ago that's the tough part and granted you know frank saravelli uh did a heck of a job finding everything out beforehand um i'm sure the league is thrilled that you know he got like what 29 of the 30 like with like before Dune Pacific. <laughs> oh, man. But let's break it down, guys. So, of course, the Kraken would select a player from each team except Vegas. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, to, to me, is, and I'll ask you, Ian, first, is there pressure on Seattle to knock it out of the park like Vegas? I don't think so. I mean, I, I I think it would be really, it's a big ask to ask Seattle to do what Vegas did in their first year, right? Like going to the Stanley Cup final, I, I think that's a big ask. And I think if Seattle went with that just solely in mind, I mean, A, I think this team looks a little bit different than it does right now. And, but I just, I think it's just, it's a, it's a big ask. And I, I, I think it would be unrealistic to try and top what, what Vegas did. Um, I think that what they've done, they've 
probably like this isn't this this team is I think this team's going to be competitive. But I this team is very much built with the future in mind. As they should, because defensively, we saw they were able to build out a pretty good core uh, goaltending. I have questions about, but th- that forward group, no matter who they took, uh, the forward group was going to be pretty slight. That's why I went. And I think you did, too. I went with Vladimir Tarasenko on our expansion draft preview show because I was thinking they have to have some kind of semblance of scoring. Mm. Um, so, I mean, Alex True is a nice player. And and, uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of I kind of picked that one, too. Um, but uh, he's he's not going to be uh, the focal point of that roster. Right. Um, so they're going to have to make a splash here in free agency. Uh, and the draft, I imagine Seattle will take a forward in the draft. So um, th- th- there's definitely room for improvement. You're right, Ian. This is not the roster they are going in with to start the season. There have no. been rumors about trades. Uh, we haven't seen any yet. We might mm. see a couple tomorrow. Who knows? But um, overall, I think Seattle should be happy with uh, with with Ron Francis's job selecting players because four or five years ago, whenever the Vegas draft was, we were saying, how can you leave X, Y, and Z on the board? And yeah. they went to the cup finals. So let's, let's be uh, cautious on our, our scrutiny of, of these picks. Well, well that's what I said. Cause I remember going back to the Vegas story. Puck, I didn't mean to cut you, you off, but you're good. going back to like the Vegas draft. And I remember we did like a ton of shows around that time. Yeah. And I, I remember when the, like when the Vegas team was first announced, I'm like, yeah, that, that might be a playoff team. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a final. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make hasty judgments here. I was surprised though, with some of the names they did leave on the board. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I am too. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I know that there is probably some, some struggle with between ownership and Ron Francis to, to stay on the course of what he was planning to do. Uh, and you dangle that little carrot of Carey Price, who's who lives out in the Pacific Northwest, has you know P and W ties and everything back when it is WHL days. And, you know, so so there's a lot of things out there, and like I said. There's gonna be those dangles where the Vegas, where you you look well. This is what Vegas did. This is what Vegas did. But was it they went a different direction compared to Vegas, or were the GMs smarter this time? They were definitely smarter. They had to be smarter. Um, I think Vegas really won the expansion draft. Their expansion draft by lieu of trades and fear more than the selections that they made. Um, Seattle was allegedly asking for just a, a wealth of riches for for expansion considerations by trade. So uh, teams were reluctant to do that. They had a little bit more knowledge behind them. And in, in the case of most of them, they decided, you know what, especially like a team like Carolina, who was going to lose either Morgan Geeky or Jake Bean. I was asked on Twitter earlier today, like, do you think the a side deal was made that kept Jake Bean in Carolina? And to my to my knowledge, I would just say no, because Carolina knew they were going to lose a really good prospect no right. matter what. So why would you add on more losses to that than what you're already losing? So I think a lot of teams took that approach. 
Uh, Minnesota, not necessarily one of them, but we've already talked gone down that hole before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that um, the prices and the knowledge really drove down the trade market as far as Seattle was concerned uh, off off the gate. Yeah, yeah, I think adding on to what Kevin said, the the one thing where I think GMs I think GMs did learn a lot from the from the Vegas uh, situation. And I think a lot of us were kind of skeptical what they would do because of the flat cap if it would kind of make them. But you saw a lot of players get distributed um, before the expansion draft to other teams where other teams were able to, you know, add to their protection lists and beef up at the same time. So I think GMs absolutely learned from um, the Vegas experience. I still think, though, if I'm Seattle, like... I think there's a couple players that you would you would hope that they would have been able to maybe put the screws to a little bit. And I'm kind of surprised with some of the picks they took from some teams, considering the players that were available. Um, I, I know some teams obviously were willing to lose players, but I think, I mean, Carey Price, you know, we can go back to that. And we'll probably go back to that a couple of times. But, but Carey Price is a guy where I'd probably have put the screws a little bit to Montreal because I don't think Montreal like wanted to lose Carey Price per se, but they didn't want to lose Jake Allen either. So they kind of, you know, kind of dared Seattle to, to call their bluff. And I would have, I would have extracted something out of Montreal uh, to call their bluff because I, I just, I don't understand. Right. Like it's just, I understand why you wouldn't want the Carey Price contract, but I would have, I would have, you know, probably extracted something from Montreal. I'm with you. I would have milked that all the way. I mean, just let the Montreal media drive it themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And and, and, and I feel like that was already happening with Montreal's whole, oh, it it turns (laughs) out that Carey Price is injured. Like, sure, sure he is, pal. Um, (laughs) So... I mean, I definitely would have extracted something out of Montreal because it called it, you know, make them call your bluff because right. I think it was Chris Johnston said that Seattle essentially already had contract terms uh, negotiated and completed with Chris Dreger before they even found out Carey Price, which to me, that's like, mm, I, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but there's a way but, to get a due um, diligence too. I mean, you, you have to... You have to look into it at the very least, but oh yeah, oh I mean, yeah. and, and the reason they didn't want to lose Jake Allen was because of the fact that the, obviously they've got, they've got a they've got a little bit of a cap situation there, and they didn't want to lose Jake Allen because they wanted Carey Price to not have to start like they want to really reduce Carey Price's starts during the regular season. So the whole reason they threw him out there to protect Jake Allen, which blows my mind, you would protect Jake Allen, but I mean he is you know he's he's a serviceable goalie, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's but yeah, I, I, I think that that kind of surprised me. Like, I, I'm not surprised that they didn't grab, you know, all the money because um, I they don't have to when they proved it. Like there's there's some money guys on this team, but nothing super outrageous. Right. And they still have like 30 million in cap space to spend. So. And I know that was widely reported even before the expansion draft lists came out, which was that. Uh, Ron Francis was hoping to spend as little as possible during the expansion draft 
so that he could go out and maximize returns in, in the trade market and the free agent market. So I, I do think that there's a lot more moves to be made by Seattle here in the coming weeks. That was why I tried to, in, in the expansion draft predictions that we made, I tried to keep my cap low because I knew Fran Francis was going that route. So, yeah, um, you, I, I am very curious to see it. I still think, I know we saw no trades today, but I still think we could see a couple here in the next day or so. Especially oh, yeah, with the draft I think, coming up. Oh, yeah. With the draft coming up and the freeze being over, I think we're going to definitely see some some movement and I again like they've got a ton of defensemen that they can they kind of did the same thing as Vegas in that respect where they kind of loaded up on demon and they'll be able to flip them easy right we'll go over to the list here because you got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve defensemen uh on hand and I mean you have the likes of the flurry brothers which mm -hmm. you know there's that Vince Dunn from St. Louis we remember him uh, a couple of years ago during the playoffs, Jamie Alexiak, uh, along with Adam Larson, the two defensemen that just f fully on signed with the Kraken. And according to Cap Friendly, they both have deals over $4 million per for their cap hit. Uh, uh, 4.6 for Alexiak and 4 for uh, Larson, according to Cap Friendly. Thank you very much. And I think the 4 by 4 for Larson is a good, good deal. I think that's very adequate money for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, looking at this, uh, I see three ties to the Sharks uh, and one San Francisco Bull. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't let that go with Yanni Gord. Uh, I wasn't going to let you if you did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, former Barracuda Colin Blackwell, who's made a name for himself in New York. Uh, Alexander True uh, with, you know, he played junior with the, the Seattle Thunderbirds. And uh, uh, some guy named Jonas Din Scully. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Jonas Donskoy. Uh, <laughs> uh, the three and former Sharks going uh, to uh, wear the, the Kraken Navy in icy blue. In Sean Kemp's defense, he was <laughs> wearing a medium-sized T-shirt on a quadruple X size body. <laughs> and so I don't know if he had any blood rushing to his head at that point. Um, so he... Yeah, he may have. He should have just gone the Marshawn Lynch route, which was Cali. Yeah, my boy right here, my boy Cali, <laughs> like, for Cali Yarncroke. Like that was that was well played, Sean Kemp. Yeah, not so much. Uh, so you would so think they would like better than a certain Barracuda announcer though, who's let them know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like you would think they wouldn't like they'd be like, okay, this is the guy's name. This is how you pronounce it. Go. Yeah. Right, you think they would yeah. have it on the card, like seriously, or even just prep them before they go right. out. You know, don't just blindside them. Like, uh, and, and you heard like one of them was like, "Oh yeah, I, I got two easy names to say." It's like, oh my gosh, come on, NHL, really? I know, I know, some of the names are hard, but my gosh, you know, come on. I I still think the biggest gap was that the Carolina Panthers oh, gave up gosh. Morgan Geeky <laughs> tonight. I I, which I didn't those know. Two Go ahead. I, I didn't know the Hurricanes were also exempt from the expansion draft. So Yeah, welcome welcome the 33rd team in the National Hockey League, the Carolina Panthers. You know, we've been t hearing a few rumors here about the Hurricanes possibly moving, which I don't buy, but uh, didn't know Carolina was expanding. So maybe they're the South Carolina Panthers. Hey, there I, you go. I'm I'm loving the full the full duplication of the CFL where they have used to have Rough Riders and Rough Riders. 
now we have Panthers and Panthers. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. And, and if and I don't both know if you, social media teams were fantastic. Oh yeah, and the Panthers put up the uh, Hurricanes logo in, in uh, Panthers colors. So, but uh, let's let me start with with the former Shark Jonas Donskoy. Obviously, the the biggest name that that was in Teal. Where do you slot him, guys? I I, mean, I think he's he's gonna be definitely in the top six. Could he be? You know, he's your second line right wing. I think ideally you'd want him to be the second line right wing. I'm trying to pull up the list of uh, players. Well, Jordan Eberle is going to be their first line right wing. Where they're at. But, I mean, right now I think he'd be the first line right wing um, just offhand um, unless you put Eberle there. Probably just flip-flop there. Um, yeah, ideally Donskoy's middle six. I am curious to see, though, like, Jonas Donskoy clearly has offensive talent, and he really played extremely well in Colorado. His best season of his professional career this past season. Can he do it with Seattle? Because definitely a different kind of build-out than what Colorado, which Colorado has, which is all octane in offense. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like. I, I think you look at Jonas Donskoy and like. It's going to be really interesting because I really, when Jonas Donskoy signed that deal in Colorado, I was like, for that money, you can have him. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see how good that contract looks over the next couple of years. It's going to remain to be seen. Now, let me shift over to Alexander True. Uh, boys, I mean, you guys, I know, Kevin, you saw him with the CUDA. I, Ian, I know you watched him, watch the AHL games with the CUDA as well and seeing true here. And he got a cup of coffee, you know, last couple of seasons with the sharks. Can he make this roster? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I think he'll get a chance, but he'll get an opportunity. No, I, mean, I think anyone who got drafted today will get an opportunity. There are a few players like Alex true, Nathan Bastion, who are like on the cusp and ready yeah. to be NHLers, but don't know if if they're tr no pun intended true NHLers here, um, but the thing with Alex True, the reason why I thought he was the 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 clear to me obvious pick to take from the Sharks is you got a lot of Dylan Gambrell types out uh, uh, from other teams that you could draft, mm -hmm. and they got a guy like Mason Appleton, and and I would even say Colin Blackwell's a better forward than Dylan Gambrell, if, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. Um, so go with something a little bit off the board. Go with a guy like Alex True, who's on the cusp. He's six foot five. He's still young. He still has time, like if, you're trying to build out your team, not just this season, but seasons down the road. So maybe Alex True gets one more year in the AHL. He's not waiver exempt, but he's mm -hmm. not the type of player that another team's going to go, oh, I have to have Alex True on waivers. Pluck him today. Like <laughs> He's probably going to clear and go down to Charlotte in the AHL if that's the route that uh, the Kraken go with him probably have a really good season and then maybe next year when a couple of these contracts drop off that the Kraken drafted maybe that's when Alex True finds his way into full-time NHL work but remember guys I I this past year kept saying Alex True was the 13th forward no doubt for the Sharks and it mm -hmm. didn't happen but his career is not over by any means he's 23 years old he still has time 
And I look at this team too, and I think that's the one place, like I think right now, if you look at the Seattle team, the one place they're really weak is down the middle, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I don't really, like, is, is Kelly Arncroft your number one center right now? Or, or are they waiting for Gabriel Landeskog so they don't well, lose him? Well, right. And then, <laughs> I mean, there, there is cap space to spend, right? But if you look at this team right now, like I'm looking at their centers, like Yanni Gord is not your number one center. Like I love Yanni Gord, but he's not your number one center. Is Kelly Arncroc? Hockey jerk will tell you it's McCann, but I don't think it's McCann either. McCann's not a number one center. Yeah. Not in the NHL. Right? So, I mean, I think that's the one place where I look kind of – I mean, there's definitely opportunity there. Now, obviously, again, th- this team still has $30 million in cap space and free agency is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can definitely uh, improve upon some of the the little holes here. But if, but at a glance, if you are if you want to look at a hole in this roster right now, it's down the middle. Yeah. They currently sit, according to Cap Friendly, uh, just a scotch under $29 million under the cap. They're at 52 and a half million roughly there. So uh, AJ is on the the call with uh, Doug Wilson. So we've been getting some quotes here. uh, And general manager Doug Wilson saying, you know, Seattle did their homework and got a good player out of this. Uh, Guys, are you surprised it wasn't like a guy like Donato, which a lot of people had in their, in their expansion picks, Um, you know, Um, not, Go ahead, Ian. But I say not at all. No, I, I, I think I, I mean, I always I always like Kevin's reasoning behind picking true, because, again, you have to pick guys that are not only going to be on your roster, but you need even though you're sharing a an AHL team, you still want guys on that team. You want guys to come up together. And I think Alex True is a great you know, he's a, he's he's definitely a great guy to have on your farm team. Um, I think with Donato. The one thing, and Donato was my pick, but my my kind of method for taking him was going to be you get his rights, you know, and then you don't qualify him, and then you see if you can get him at a cheaper number. Um, I don't think the Sharks are going to qualify Ryan Donato. Like, from the, from the way that the end-of-year press conference went, like, I very much of the opinion that the Sharks are very sour on Ryan Donato. So I wouldn't be shocked if they try to move him before free agency to see if someone else will pick up his the the QO for him, because I think it's like a 2.1 million QO, which is a lot for Ryan Donato. Um, but no, I'm I'm not surprised. And I, I didn't like, I didn't love the game. I didn't say I didn't like, I didn't love the Gambrell deal either. So I'm not shocked that Seattle kind of steered clear of that as well. Yeah, and and... With Donato and some of the other players who were rumored, like Dominic Cahoon in Edmonton, like some of the 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 media in various markets kind of shot their teams in the foot by letting loose of. I mean, no one has specifically outright said that the Sharks are not re-signing Ryan Donato, but there's been speculation amongst amongst the fans and in and some of the media, but mostly amongst the fans. But just all signs seem to be that the Sharks will let him go in the offseason. Dominic Cahoon, another player, because he's just the one that comes to my mind, the media straight up said the Oilers are not bringing him back next season. So why would the Kraken bother wasting an yeah, expansion right. draft pick on him when they get some, can get someone who they can either use right now or 
use as a trade asset uh, and, and get a draft pick maybe, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think Donato was, was their play at all, um, just given the rumors around it. Uh, Doug Wilson Jr. and Tim Burke essentially are saying, I think Seattle will be good. Uh, I don't think they're done yet. They've built their D similar to Carolina. Of course, the tie-in with Ron Francis, uh, former Hurricanes general manager. Got to make sure we we'll separate the I, Carolina franchises in the NHL. Since you <laughs> <laughs> since you talked about the decor, though, there are a lot of – I actually thought they went a little too established with their decor. Like, there are a lot of established defense defensemen on that roster now. So it doesn't really open up an opportunity for the younger players, at least presently, the younger players they drafted, like a Kale Flurry or Hayden Flurry's a little bit older, but him, he'd be in that conversation as well. Um, so Seattle definitely has some movement uh, on that on that back end. I worry for, from their perspective. I worry, like Chalowski, that's another one that you know, where's he really going to slot in? Maybe he's like an Alex Trude kind of thing where they, they mm. send him to Charlotte for one additional year and see where it goes. Mm. Um, I do worry that because Vegas drafted a lot of defensemen too. Mm -hmm. And then they reached a point where they had no more leverage because teams were like, ah, we'll, we'll just go another route. And then so Vegas started selling their defensemen, I, I'm sure, and not the, the prices they were expecting. They, I think they thought they would kind of hold that D market hostage with some of the picks they took. I wonder if Seattle is doing the same thing to themselves right here because they're probably going to be moving six of those players off maybe we'll say four to six four to six mm -hmm. of those guys will not be on seattle on opening night will teams kind of get worn down and just say you know what seattle we already we remember the asking price when we <laughs> wanted to do expansion considerations we'll pass unless unless you want a, a seventh round pick for Chalowski or something <laughs> like that, you know, that's when Seattle loses their leverage. So I'm curious to see how that, that market plays. I will say this though, um, based on the goaltending that they got, it's probably better that they have some established guys on the back end to fill out that back end. Because I think like Chris Dreger had a really good season last year, but I'm still like, how many games has Chris Dreger even played? Right. To like, me, I don't know. Yeah, to me, Chris Dreger, remember, remember how great Aaron Dell was until he wasn't <laughs> like he has the same kind of like Chris Dreger's played the ECHL. What's up? He's he's played 38 NHL games. Right. So I think, you know, with this in a situation like that, um, I think I, I kind of like the way they went their blue line based on the goaltending they picked because yep. they're they're definitely that's a gamble. Right. I mean, yep. I think that it's really you don't really know what you have in a goalie until about 200 games. And then it's by then the book's out and then it's sink or swim. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with Chris Dreger. I like Chris Dreger a lot. I just, but it's that they went pretty, they, they took a big gamble here. Um, yeah, positionally across the board. I do like Vanacek. I actually think Vanacek's the one guy who might, might stand out amongst the three goalies they took. Um, but I, ooh, 
they are taking a gamble with Drieger for sure, because I do think that they could, he might end up on the waiver wire by the end of the season. I'm not saying that he's a bad goalie. I'm just saying if things work out the way most expansion teams do, Mm -hmm. then they, we might be looking back on this in a few years and going, boy, they did not take Kapo Kakanen. They did not take Carey Price. They didn't, Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't take Yosef Kozinash. How dare they? I, yeah, they didn't. But uh, you know, they got Joey Decord, and I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think they could have hit a potential home run with their goaltending, and they didn't. But this is another one where I said the same thing about Vegas. How can Vegas pass up on Auntie Ranta? And we know, yeah, it worked out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, they used <laughs> right, and I. And that's it, Rick. I'm not saying Chris Dreger's a bad goalie. I'm just saying there's just not enough games for me to really say what he is. Yeah. It's, I, 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 I'm I, not going to say he's the, you know, he's like the next big thing. He could be. I, uh, I would be a hypocrite games, after the Aiden Hill, tie, the, uh, Aiden Hill rants that I did earlier this week. <laughs> I'd be a hypocrite to be like, how dare they go for Chris Dreger, you <laughs> right. know? Right. So. Well, it's it's a sign of young goaltending. They want to go with a young netminder. I think that Vanacek is probably one of the goaltenders like you you were steady last year you looked really solid with the capitals yep. you know if drieger isn't the guy and honestly i think drieger is pretty much known as the guy in my mind when looking at this roster that they are pushing their chips on the drieger to be the their goaltender but vanacek is you know 1b just in case so right we will uh you'll see uh, Doug Wilson making a comment that, uh, you know, I'm not sure there were any side deals. There might have been some things we'll see in the coming days. But Ian, you and I kind of touched on this before we went on the air, is that there were no deals, or at least there weren't anything announced, which kind of, I think, surprised all of us. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's... Again, I think that they they missed some opportunities to extract some capital to not take a guy, you know, to see if they could get other teams to call their bluff. Uh, And maybe other teams did call their bluff. We won't know. Um, But I think that's the one thing that Vegas did really well. That's how Vegas had a a Nick Suzuki and an Eric Brandstrom and a Cody Glass, right? One of those picks was theirs, but two of them, they extracted capital from other teams to you know, and that's how they've, and that's how they've kind of built their team. And I think from that perspective, I think they definitely missed an opportunity. Now, again, I'm not in the room. I don't know what deals were offered and weren't offered, but I think that Seattle um, coming out without more draft picks, I think that, um, I, I think that'll, you know, I mean, will it haunt them down the road? I don't know, but I think it's a missed opportunity for sure. Sorry, I was putting a user on timeout in the chat. Thank but you. thank you all for uh, for communicating <laughs> with us in the chat. Uh, and Kraken fans, you are welcome to as well. Yep, We'd love absolutely. having you here. If you're going to actually talk about the Kraken and not flood the chat with jokes. Yes. <laughs> Funny jokes, but still a little much, guys. Uh, you know, I, I would have said they should have gra- grabbed Connie Moreau instead of Kari Conway, if that's the matter. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not like that, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> um, but a- 
anything else out of the roster that that kind of surprised you? I mean, I I kind of we think we expected Mark Giordano there. Uh, you guys talked about the veteran core. Um, I mean, if they're one going of the to... question, one of the questions that we got on tilted glasses on Sunday was about leadership and everything. And mm-hmm. when that question was posed, I hadn't considered that too much. But Mark Giordano, if he's not traded, I think will will be the first captain of the Kraken. And I think that Do you is think they'd out- parade him out there to trade him like in the next day? No, like, I, I, don't, I know those were no, the rumors, but exactly. I I think that squashed the rumors right there. I think he's going to be out there and I think he has to be the captain unless they bring someone else. Unless they bring Alex Ovechkin and uh, <laughs> or that'll that'll be their captain. And, and I think they went um, pretty solid with that because I think Everly could be an A. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the other defensemen they they drafted could could wear A's as well. So I do think that Francis, being a leader, you know, being a former captain with two organizations himself, and obviously the GM, um, I think he is is one I would trust to identify leadership qualities in players. So uh, I think they they did a good job from that front. Um, as far as uh, your question, Eric, with uh surprises i think uh, i think most of the surprises are just the players that they didn't didn't take the tarasenko's the prices uh yeah yeah i mean vince dunn gives them an offensive front from the back end that really none of their other picks do so i think that is essential but they're they're really lacking that sniper so i know even with the shoulder injuries that tarasenko had that i don't quite believe uh, are as bad as some people think. Um, I, I think that's the route they should have gone. They, I, I think they need that 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 superstar right wing when they can get him for free in the expansion draft. Yeah, and there's still a lot to be told. I think we have till the 27th for the buyout window. Uh, yeah, you know, so there's plenty of things going on there. Of course, now that with the freeze gone. The, it's opened up again to make some moves. You're going to have the trades, you know. You're going to have the buyout window open again, uh, which of course will be when DW was asked if Jones will be bought out. We're still exploring our goaltending situation. We'll make those choices in the next few weeks. Well, you've got days. <laughs> if you're going to do a buyout, you got days. Right. So, uh, I mean. That that makes me think. Okay, you're you're thinking about it, but you know, he's what, not going to tip his hand. Yeah, I mean, you know, what would hold you back from what? And honestly, guys, what would hold you back from having Martin Jones in net opening night? Not Mike having a, another goalie first. <laughs> you're already, you're already paying Martin Jones as it is. Make sure you have a goalie in in place first. Here's the thing, and I said this on TTG, like that Aiden Hill trade is, it depends on what you do next. If you gave a second and Kozenash up, so Aiden Hill can be the one B to Martin Jones and have like a 60-40 split, that's a bad trade. That's a right. disaster. Um, I, If this team is is going to tell us that we can't do X, Y, and Z because no one will come into the seats. I don't understand how you can keep Martin Jones and then be like, well, no, we're competitive. Like, 
I understand that the team's probably going to suck next year. But if you can't come out and tell us the team's going to suck, then you have to do things to actually make the team better. And Martin Jones is the worst goalie in the league at almost every statistic. He's got to go. Yeah. I mean, and and like you guys have, I know you guys have talked about it before, is that if you know the team's going to suck as well, not to play devil's advocate here with what you said, Ian, you know, if you're, if you're going to have, you know the team's going to suck, well, why don't you suck some more, be a cheaper, you know, buyout next year? Which no, I, if you I don't say want you're going to gonna suck, if you come, if you're, if Doug Wilson's going to come on and say, yeah, this team's going to suck because we're rebuilding draft capital, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's fine. Keep Martin Jones. I get it. But don't tell me we're going to be competitive next year and then roll out the same league worst goaltending that you have the last two years. Right. That's the problem. It's all in the messaging. If, if they could come out and not, and again, it depends on what they're doing right now. If I take them at face value, they want to try and get back into this race in the Pacific. You can't do that with Martin Jones. You can't tell me we're, you're, we're not allowed to suck because people won't show up. And then you got to take care. Like, uh, I'm not trying to get calm. you riled up, bud. <laughs> no, I know. The The problem is, is if you're going to make. Don't make stupid decisions based on like, don't don't. Decide, let your business decisions decide the hockey. Let your hockey decisions decide the business. If if the plan is to suck, just say it. Because guess what? Sharks fans aren't stupid. They're not just going to believe, oh, we're going to be good next year because Doug Wilson says so at this point. Because honestly, I I think the, the, the camp of pro-Doug Wilson gets smaller and smaller by the month. And, and, and dad and son semi-contradict here let me give you a couple of quotes here we're looking to add a couple of forwards players that can take our compete to the next level uh we want to have a very competitive camp come september but dw jr says we're just looking for the best available not someone to help right now for sure which is interesting because you know are are we it was that kind of showing the hand a little bit that you have you have a reset but you need to get fans in the stands but it's a reset but we don't need someone that can be a difference maker right now which i, I I'm, which is obviously all things are true yeah which <laughs> and i've said this too like the idea is you don't have to you do not have to replace Martin Jones with the goalie of the future. You just need to replace him with better. And guess what? That's basically at this point, any other goaltender in the NHL. Yeah. Sim it's, it's really simple. I think with the point that you brought up, Eric, about the Wilsons contradicting each other, isn't that kind of where the sharks are at <laughs> philosophically? Like you have this roster with, eight great players who want to win now, but the entire rest of the roster says rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. So yeah, I, I would like to think it's just a, a crossing of what, what is being uh, presented um, outward and not, not in an internal uh, situation there. 
Here, here's here's something else too, like because I'm I'm just you know because Hernandez in the chat is like show me those Jones versus 2016. 2016 was four years, five years ago, five years ago, five years ago is a long time. You know you know who else was really good five years ago? Matt Murray. Where's Matt see. Murray now? Pekka Rene was in the Stanley he was Cup not final. On the Sharks. Yeah, Matt Murray's Matt not Murray on the Sharks. to Seattle. Yeah. yeah Matt What's Matt Murray's excuse? <laughs> right. Sometimes goalies just fall off a cliff. It happens. But when it happens for three years in a row, it's time to move on. You can't live in 2016 forever. Be- you know, I mean, I understand that as Sharks fans, we we like to live in certain moments because the broadcast tells us to, you know, game seven in Vegas and blah, 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 blah. But guess what? Times change. Game, game seven in Vegas. It's also an Instagram advertisement for you to buy season tickets. Yeah, live, li- I mean, live in the past, but the the reality is he's not good now. And, and that's the case. That's the that's the case here, is that you can't leave with something, you know, and go for it. It's like talking about how, and I know Al's going to pop in when I say this, you know, it's like talking about how Niemi was great in 2013 because he was a Vesna nominee. Yeah, that's great. Goalies fall off, man. I mean, look how look how quickly Nemo fell off. He was in three different organizations within what two weeks, you know, at the tail end of his career. That's what happens, and that's and that's the tough part. So yeah, and and maybe a change of scenery does Martin Jones good. All the power to him. Yep. So, uh, so. Before we get out of here, uh, let's let's get back to what's going to happen Friday. Um, you know, the Sharks have the number seven pick in the draft. Kind of looks like they're going to go after the best player available. I know some people were talking about getting a goaltender, and the name is not ringing off the top of my head. Guys, help me out here. Yes, yes, for Wallstead. Thank you. Uh, you know, kind of. See, there you go. There's Al right there, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> It's amazing, right? All right, sorry. Get back. So, number seven pick in the draft. Uh, who, who? You know, let, let me get your prognostications here. Who do you think right now? It's it's hard because this draft is weird, and by weird I mean maybe not the greatest. Um, <laughs> well, it's not. I mean. Compared to some previous drafts, like it's no 2015. I think I can tell you what one and two are, and after that, I could throw a bunch of darts, and I might hit, I might not. Um, so it's really hard to say because I don't know who's going to be on the board, right? Like, and, and and what Ian's also trying, you know, I think what Ian's also trying to say is that this is a dangerous draft because there have been limited viewings for a lot of these top prospects. So you you kind of know what you are getting but usually most drafts you know what you're getting especially in the last 10 drafts you know what you're getting out of a first round draft pick this is dangerous territory having a seventh overall pick and going we think we've got a player i mean jesper wallstedt was originally i think a late first round pick and over the course of like the last three weeks he's gone from being a mid first to a high first Mm -hmm. so it's very volatile right uh, one more comment from Wilson. We're looking to add a couple of forwards that can play an immense role. Uh, when sometimes last year we put kids 
in some roles that was probably a little bit much for them. Yeah, so basically he's not happy with what we have on the farm. Maybe the, the coach needs to develop on, on a few things as well. <sighs> Well, well gonna, the Barracuda lost uh, Alex True and are losing Max Latunov to free agency, so there will be room for sure. Right, yeah. Right, right. I think back to the draft, though, because I think we never really answered the question. I mean, there's there's a few guys that I would really like if they're on the board. Uh, I'd really like the, the Sharks to look at. I think, like, the top of my board is William Eklund. I think if by some miracle he can fall to seven, because I'm – starting to have my doubts that he falls to seven at this point. I think he's probably gone four or five. Um, but, but Eklund is a guy I really, really like. Um, another guy I like, um, I do like the goalie. I don't know if the sharks, I, I, I go back and forth. Um, a lot of the things I hear about Wallstead, I really, really like, but at the same time, I still feel like, you know, you don't have the number one picks, like a team like Detroit makes a lot of sense for a guy like Wallstead, right? Because they've been picking in the first round for the past, I don't know what, four or five years. Right. So they've kind of got that draft capital. Um, but I, I, I do like what a lot of people have really kind of sold me on Wallstead. So I, I, I wouldn't hate that pick. I just, but I go back and forth on it a lot. A guy that I really, really like is, is Brant Clark, who uh, would normally have played uh, up in the OHL, uh, I want to say, and um, but he played overseas and he did really well playing uh, overseas with men while the OHL wasn't playing this uh, summer. Um, Dylan Gunther's a guy I really like, but again, it's like, who, you know, is he going to be on the board at seven? I don't know. So, I mean, there's, there's some guys that I really, really like, but it's so hard because again, <laughs> who's going to be on the board at seven? I, I, I don't think I'm going to be mad because there's, there's a bunch of players in that group that I, that I kind of like. Um, so as long as the Sharks don't go like super off the board, I, I think I'll be happy, but mm. we'll see. We I'm, I'm pretty in line with, with Ian's thoughts. I would, Ekman's, Eklund's my guy. Like mm -hmm. Eklund's the guy that I want. I do think he's going to go four or five. I think it could be Dylan Gunther. I think at this point it could be Jesper Wallstadt, although I don't. I, I, I think, again, Detroit might jump in there. Could be a guy like Kent Johnson, who I'm okay on. I still need to do a little bit of draft uh, preparation here. I was planning on doing that here the rest of the evening, actually, since the draft is only a couple of days away, <laughs> to really fully assess player by player. Um, but I know Alex Beltran on Twitter uh, asked for my thoughts because I got Aiden Hill right. I got Alex True right. So apparently I have to get this draft pick right. I'm not there yet, guys. Right. But follow me on Twitter. I'll get you an answer. <laughs> yeah, and and Alex brings up a good point. Like the, this this draft year, like the Sharks are picking at seven. And, and a lot of times when you pick at seven, you're probably picking a guy that's going to play this year. I don't think I'm not sold that whoever they pick is going to play right. uh, this year, um, which I don't think is a bad thing either. Cause again, like, you know, more, more seasoning never hurts anybody. I, I like the, the, the Kent Johnson. The thing with this, this draft is a lot, there's a lot of centers in it. I'm just not sold that any of them are centers at the NHL level. Right. All right. With that, we're bringing in uh, AJ, AJ, are you with us? 
Uh, you got me. There we go. Uh, what's the haps? You just got off the press conference with uh, with the brain trust of the organization. Wow. Use that term loosely. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I, I was hearing a couple of... I don't need to be on camera, so just go back to what you're doing. But yeah, fine. Uh, the, uh, shall we say, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to go back to what I heard in the media call versus what I heard you guys talking about uh, earlier. Uh, Lacey, you were mentioned something, uh, mentioning something about um, a goalie. Was it Wellstat? Yes. Why yes. can I not? Is that Lacey now? Yes, that is. Yes. Okay. Uh, I got the feeling, just based on what was said on the call, that even if if he was available at seven, I don't think that they're leaning that way. Yeah. Uh, it, just based on the the body language, and of course, they keep things very close to the vest. Right. But the idea that I got was kind of no, they're 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 looking some other way. Well, I don't, yeah. you know, uh, I don't think they're looking for a goalie in the draft at this point. Um, you know, maybe if something were to fall in the five, six, seven rounds somewhere in there, like if they can mine gold as they did with the Pavelski, sure. But yeah, I don't think that's the way it's going to go. Um, which one of you, uh, was it Eklund you were talking about, Lacey? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. both did. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Wilson was uh, asked about that. And then um, when it was mentioned that it was Lacey's pick, Wilson said, oh, hell no, we're not doing that. Ah, <laughs> well, he got my other two. So I thought maybe he's just uh, following my Twitter or something here. Uh, oh, you got enough stick taps today. Leave it alone. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I think they're gonna go with a forward. Like right now, my hunch is telling me Gunther, but I still need to do a little bit more planning on that. So, well, it's it, it did seem very much. Uh, Dougie Jr. was seemed very emphatic. Like, look, uh, I get that we you know went forward crazy last season. Uh, that doesn't mean we're gonna go defense and goalie crazy this season. It's a case of quality over quantity, best available on our board. He mentioned last year that, you know, look, the, we have guys that we project them to be a seventh round pick. We're not going to, uh, or, you know, it'd be a seventh round guy. We're not going to take a defenseman that we've got pegged as a seventh and go for him at five just because, oh, we need a defenseman. No, we're going to get the best one available, not necessarily the guy who's going to help us tomorrow. You know, if that happens, great. But that's, it seems like they are focused on <laughs> restocking, retooling, resetting, just not rebuilding. <laughs> Everything but rebuilding. Yeah. yeah. It's right, like, exactly. yeah, the, evidently they've done market research and the rebuild word means that ticket sales go down 15%, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Soda sucking. Hey, now. <laughs> That's very, very true. Uh, AJ will be with uh, me tomorrow as we break down the uh, schedule, which which is one of my favorite shows in the off season. But so, uh, uh, looking forward to that as we plan our uh, our wishful thinking road trips in the, in the next nine months. Well, funny you should bring that up. I asked uh, Doug Wilson about that. That he's obviously seen the schedule. Uh, is that, you know, doing anything for his uh, kind of optimism going forward? I mean, how many times have we heard or seen fr from the, the coaching staff, 
well, we have all this travel. We don't have time to practice. We wish we could practice more, but we don't have time. You know, the schedule precludes it. And so I asked Doug, look, they're supposed to be keeping the whole mini series where you'll play, you know, two times, you know, two in LA or two in Vancouver. So you're going to be there for a couple of days. Is that going to help, you know, with, with, (laughs) you know, what's going on with those kind of issues. And he's like, look, obviously I can't say anything about the schedule until it comes out tomorrow. However, I will tell you that, uh, you know, look, the, the players were thrown a wrench because of last season starting, you know, having to do everything in Arizona, then what 12 of 14 on the road to open the season, like just no normalcy, no time to practice. He said, he's looking forward to this season. Uh, you're going to have those mini series in there. So it will offer more time to practice, but he seems to think that it's all about just kind of normalcy, just getting back to what we're all used to. And he thinks that's going to be quite beneficial to the players. He said that, he was in the gym today, saw LeBanc, saw Carlson. Um, who was the other player? Ferraro. Uh, Ferraro and uh, Ozzy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they're all in San Jose. They're all doing their thing. And I think, you know, look, everybody knows I love to rip on EK, but it should be noted, like, hey, EK65 in the gym. It's July. That, yeah. That's that's noteworthy because Chief has a history of playing himself into game shape. So if he comes in right, right to go day one, that's a huge positive. Wilson also mentioned that uh, by, you know, the, the start of the season, everybody should be good to go. He said, you know, Simic might be a little like, meh. He, you know, he really didn't comment on him, but he yeah. said he expects Simic and Nieto to be good to go at the start of the season. Now, I also want to mention, we heard that Shimmick was going to be good to go at the start of last season, and that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, and and that's concerning if if there's going to be, could be, and maybe, and we're in July. You know, that's the tough part. So uh, we have a Super Chat donation from uh, Rob Iman. Uh, of course, Super Chat donations, you could do that on there. Of course, we prefer Venmo at Teal Town USA. Uh, Rob Iman, I pity that DW fool. Hope I did not, that not that I'm challenging anyone, but, you know, usually we go around the league on the Super Chat. So I'd say maybe on tomorrow's schedule reveal, do a little Super Chat and maybe Eric and AJ do the schedules for the entire league. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I ain't doing this two-hour crap like you guys. <laughs> Fair. Uh, hey, I, um, I just want to note really quickly, Kevin Kurz now tweeting out just what we were talking about. Misdirection is possible, but Tim Burke is a pretty straight shooter, and it doesn't sound like the Sharks will be taking a goalie in the first round. Yeah. Okay. There you go. The, the other thing that I found kind of interesting is a few a month ago, two months ago, whenever it was, Doug Wilson was quoted as saying, look, you know, look, we have eight picks in this draft. It may go up to ten. But I believe that. But when asked, you know, if he's considering the idea of Perhaps say, hey, I'll move my seventh for two se- or, or, you know, the seventh round pick, my, but my, you know, or not the seventh round, but you know what I mean? The seventh, the seventh pick overall. in the first round. Yeah. Seventh overall. Would you be if someone was to come along and say, hey, we've we've uh, who who is it that has like three picks in the first round? Is it Columbus or Columbus? Something? Columbus. And Montreal has a, like a plethora of picks in like the first two, three rounds. Right, guys? 
Well, say say one of those teams that has multiple picks in the first round, if they also have their second, who's to say that they don't come along and say, hey, Dougie, kind of liking that 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 seventh overall you got. What if we were to give you our, you know, last first round pick in this draft and our second round? You know, would you be interested? So remains to be seen. It's just weird that he said, you know, could be could be 10. But I don't it the feeling that I got is he's staying with the seven. Maybe, you know, he trades a fourth to get two sixths or a six and a seven. I don't know. Uh, but it the idea that I got was he, he, we're gonna see what the seven brings. Now, let me also say this, and I'm sure Kevin and Ian would probably say the same thing if I don't say it right now, is that let's see who's available at seven. <laughs> you know, if the guy that they're hot to trot for is there, then yeah, we're keeping our seven, but say the guy that they're laser focused in, they're taken, you know, by in, in the fifth overall, sixth or overall, then maybe they're like, eh, okay. You know, now, now we're, we're open to we're now taking all comers. The phone lines are open. Possible. I mean, I don't put anything past this team, but I, I feel like their guy's going to be there. Cause their guy's probably like 15 on everyone else's word. All right, with that, we will uh, wrap things up. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your I favorite just got podcast. Here. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, that's what the Discord's for, spoiler alert. I know, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, of course, hit that subscribe button to YouTube. It does help us out big time. SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, you name it, you love it. We're practically everywhere. Uh, so check us out there. Uh Final thoughts and where the people can find you, uh, AJ, since you're the last one in, I'll say you get to be the first one to go out. Uh, just looking forward to the schedule coming out tomorrow. I want to see how these mini series uh, shake out. Uh, I'd also like to wonder why is it that the Sharks are always like the last team to like announce their preseason schedule? Like what the F, man? Seriously. Just, just, just can we not have a concerted effort for them all to be released at the same time? But anyway, yeah, looking forward. All righty. We'll see you. I believe we're going to have it on at, at 4 o'clock Pacific time. So uh, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel there. Uh, Kevin, thanks, buddy, as always. Uh, I'm not ready for final thoughts yet. I'm trying to give you guys breaking news. Oh, so, go right ahead. Oh, whip so, it out. Uh, Chris Johnston on Twitter said that he doesn't think there's really much at all going on with the outside trades for the Seattle Kraken. However, Gord Miller about 20 minutes later tweeted saying that there are several trades that will be announced at 10 a.m. tomorrow revolving around the expansion draft. Ooh. Darren Drager, uh, 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 Pierre Lebrun seconded what uh, Gord Miller said. And then Darren Drager reported just a couple of minutes ago that Taylor Hall will sign a four-year deal for around $6 million per with the Boston Bruins. There mm -hmm. we go. Well, and Doug Wilson on the call did say that he expected to hear more things happening between now and 10 a.m. with the Kraken. Yeah. Interesting so, stuff. Um, so my thought, final thoughts are that Chris Fowler needs to stick to his day job. I thought he did a great job as an ESPN sportscaster attempting to talk about hockey between the Carolina Panthers. I do think that some jokes needed to be made because it was a very slow and sluggish pace 
on the draft. And, and as Ian said in the open, it was pretty freaking boring uh, for a lot of it. Um, but I do think he, he, he needed to touch it back a little bit. Uh, I liked Mark Giordano's little line about finally getting drafted after all yeah, these years nice in too. the NHL. Dude, that was nothing's, pretty good. Nothing's like going to top Sean Kemp pronouncing Jonas Donsko. Yeah. Yeah. Even that was funny. You know, we're going to remember for for things like that. What I hope we don't remember are lines like what Chris Fowler had to say about Vancouver fans thought they were going to lose a really good player in the draft. But all all Seattle drafted was Cole Lind. Said that on the microphone right after Cole Lind got drafted. Yeah, fuck you too, Chris Fowler. Uh, That's it, it, my sign-off. I'm at Kevin Lacey 20. Wait a minute. Drop the mic, buddy. I, I mean, the same thing, like I said on Twitter, is like, you know, Buffalo's like one of the highest-rated hockey TV markets, and you got a really good TV market, yeah. Yeah, and you throw shade there. I, won't, I mean, I, I kind of get Toronto, but I mean... Damn boy, you're 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 not helping things. But uh, Ian, your final thoughts on where the people can find you? Uh, my final thoughts are I don't even have any final thoughts. Like I'm all <laughs> final thoughted out. Like what an underwhelming. Like just I I hope this show was more entertaining than that. Wow, um, I I would hope so. Because honestly, I don't know what you're still doing here at this point um you can find me on the twitter machine at ian blogs hockey um you can tell me how much you love martin jones and i will ignore you go ahead all righty i'm at puck guy 14 on the twitter and the i only Insta- did it once ian stop <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey ian did we get a final count of how many uh picks the three of us got right i haven't i think haven't ian was at five Lacey was at four and jerk was at four i got eight right you got eight? Well, okay. Oh, well, you know what, though? When I was going through those, I hadn't gone to the Pacific yet. So. Ah. Gotcha. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, we will be back. Here, here's the schedule for us. Uh, tomorrow, about 4, 4 o'clock, uh, we'll be doing breaking down the schedule, me and AJ. Uh, we will live stream uh, up until the Sharks pick on YouTube, so join us for that. Of course, we'll break down the first round after uh, the 31st pick, since the Desert Dogs don't have one. Uh, and then, still working either Saturday or Sunday night, we will have um, a breakdown of all the Sharks picks and uh, hopefully uh, get you guys, maybe Mark as well. I think even even Landy wants to join us as well. So, Who? <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Most importantly, if anything you learned from this tonight make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification bell because when we go on the air, uh, if you hit that notification bell, you'll get a little notification. It'll tell you, join us, have fun. And that's what we're all about. We're having having a good time talking about our team, the Sharks, and uh, probably one of the crazier weeks or so uh, in the world of hockey with the exception of this boring expansion draft. But until tomorrow, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Appreciate each and every one of you. Have a good night. Discord, maybe? <laughs>